Our reading this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of God. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Uche. Well, it's great to be with you this morning. And if I haven't met you yet, my name is Emily, and a really warm welcome to this church and to everyone joining us at home. Let me just pray quick, and then we'll talk into the word today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege and joy it is to be here together. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift that it is to us. And I just pray now by your spirit that you would open up our minds and our hearts to receive all that you would have for us to receive today. For your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as Mort said, we're continuing on in a series at the moment, focusing on the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. And today we're thinking about how the Holy Spirit renews us. Now, we live in a time of remarkable advances in science and technology, where thanks to modern medicine, life expectancy has increased dramatically in the last decade in many parts of the world. In fact, I look out today and see many people here in this church involved in healthcare, in many different areas, in research, all of you doing incredible stuff. But despite all of these advances and the things that we praise God for, we haven't moved past one thing. We haven't moved past our mortality. I read an article recently um, about the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Apparently, earlier this year, he invested $3 billion into a biotech company that seeks to make humans immortal through cellular rejuvenation programming. I'm not quite sure what that is going to achieve. Uh, But apparently today, the anti-aging market is valued at around $60.42 billion dollars. 
being really real with you as I've reached the big 3A recently. Um, many of me and my friends, I hear lots of discussions around which face creams we should be using, which eye creams we should be using, what we think about Botox, all of these kind of silly, trivial things. But actually, whether it's about our outward appearance or just a desire to renew, to redo, to reinvent ourselves as time passes, there's one true thing, and that is that we cannot stop the clock. Yet the quest to defeat death, to renew life, is as old as life itself. It's the ultimate statistic. One in one will die. We can't ultimately renew ourselves. We live in a passing body in a fallen world. And we can't deny the pain and the agony and the anguish at death, and that is a right response to it. Jesus wept over the death of his friend Lazarus. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. But we do not lose heart. And as our passage today directly speaks into God's plan for the renewal of all things. So do have it open with you today if you have a Bible. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And this is what I want to speak about today. Renewal that is far deeper than any facelift or career change or kind of re-life invention. The eternal renewal that the world so desperately longs for. Renewal that the Holy Spirit can bring to anyone at any time of their life, at any place. And it's the power to transform our lives every day. And it's the outworking of which renewal that can set a whole church on fire, that has the power to bring renewal to our families, our workplaces, our communities, our culture, our society, even nations. So the question is, how does the Holy Spirit renew us daily? Well, the first thing we want to look at is that the Holy Spirit surpasses our passing. We see in verse 7 that Paul writes, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not us. I was a big fan of Pottery Club at school. Um, I'd often bring home my lovely creations to my parents um, of my slightly misshapen random pieces of clay, the tiles or pots that I would bring home. And my parents very sweetly would treasure them as if they were works of art. In fact, embarrassingly, they're still around the house today. My pottery lives on. Um, and perhaps some of the parents can resonate with this in the room, appreciating lovely crafts that your children might have done. Perhaps it's dried pasta stuck to a sheet of paper or a pipe cleaner lovingly fashioned into the shape of an animal. And I'm sure the value that you place on these works of art isn't entirely on the standard of the art itself, but actually on the value and love that you have for the one who made it. And in ancient times, when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, jars of clay, they were common, ordinary items, household possessions, made from the most basic material, the earth. But they were also fragile, and weak, and it wouldn't take one much for one to break. And there were also no banks, interestingly, at the time. So people would really would hide their treasures, their jewels, their coins, in these clay jars, and they would bury them in the earth because they wouldn't rot. Their treasured possessions were hidden in breakable, ordinary, weak vessels. And so we see in this passage today beautifully that the metaphor that Paul uses is speaking of a deeper renewal. It's more than just an external transformation. The treasure Paul speaks of 
far surpasses any treasure that can be found on earth, anything that we might put our hope and time into. The treasure is that of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus, who didn't come into the world as the Messiah, as the savior that people expected, as a warrior to take down the Roman Empire to set his people free. No, the King of Kings, God in all of his glory and splendor, he came into this world, he took on flesh as a tiny, fragile baby, born in a stable as a refugee, grew up in a non-distinct place, worked as a carpenter. As the prophet Isaiah wrote, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Yet he lived the most beautiful life that anyone has ever lived, a life of compassion and kindness, of mercy and truth. But Jesus willingly laid down his life out of love towards us, bearing the weight of all of our sin and our shame upon himself on the cross to set us free, paying the ultimate price to win you and me for all of eternity. This is the most beautiful treasure that we could ever receive, that the God who made you, he treasures you, and he desires for all who turn from sin and put their trust in him to receive his treasure, that we might make him in his home in us and us in him, that the same spirit that brought Jesus from the grave, his spirit is joined to our spirit. And that is the only way that true renewal can take place, everlasting life as we're born again, born new into the kingdom of God. And as we carry this treasure in our earthly bodies, the all-surpassing power of the resurrected Christ is on display in our passing self. And this is the paradox of the Christian life, power, made perfect in weakness. And today, we're seeing people from all different walks of life, from many different backgrounds, encountering this power in so many different ways. The Holy Spirit revealing the all-surpassing power of Jesus. A few months ago, in one of the Alpha courses um, that I had the joy of being involved in, there was a young woman, a scientist, who was in my group. She had a lot of questions. She had some brilliant questions. She was a real skeptic who loved to come each week and bring her doubts, bring her questions, and was really on a journey of wrestling with what she thought about who God really was. But there was a point partway through the course um, where we were looking at the topic of how can I have faith? And she unfortunately couldn't make it to the Alpha session. She had COVID, and she was feeling pretty low at the time. Um, but she asked if she could be FaceTimed in to the talk. So I thought, why not? Let's give it a go. So I'm sat at the back, kind of filming as Stephen's preaching about how can we have faith. And afterwards, I was talking with her about this night, and she said really something so incredible. She said most of the time that I was holding up the camera slightly shakily, she couldn't really hear or see what was going on. But there was one moment where it was as if the screen went clear and she could hear exactly what was being said. And it was a moment when Stephen spoke about the time where Jesus, we read in Revelation in chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone who hears my voice opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And it was as the picture of Holman Hunt's painting, The Light of the World, came on the screen that, that it all went clear and she heard that verse. And she said that alone in her bedroom where she felt low, and in a place of despair, she cried out to God. She said, okay, God, if you're really there, I want to open my heart to you. And she described the most incredible thing. She said it was as if light came into her room, into her very being. It was as if she felt like she was being hugged on the inside as she encountered the all-surpassing power of Jesus. She said it was as if guilt lifted from her. 
God is breaking into people's lives in so many different ways right now. His all-surpassing power surpasses our weakness. And I'll be real, there's times when I've felt very much my awareness of being like an ordinary cracked jar of clay. But I can look back and see how God has used these times to bring forth his glory. Because no matter what we face, not even death itself can rob us from the treasure that God has placed within us, from the love of God towards us in Christ Jesus. Paul was no suffering, no stranger to suffering, yet he could say as it goes on in verse 8, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I'm sure none of you have done this, but if you've ever come along to church and seen people up here at the front and think that they are perfect people, that they have incredible hair like Aidan leading worship today, that they have nothing wrong in their lives, that they're all together, I'm sorry, but you're so wrong. Or if you've ever come to church and think everyone here is a perfect person, no one ever messes up, no one sins the way I have sinned, everyone has their life squeaky clean and all together, again, you're very wrong, I'm afraid. And to be completely honest, it was one of my biggest barriers before I came back to church after a long time walking away from God. One of my biggest barriers was coming back was, I just don't belong in church. There's so much I'd have to sort out about myself before I was allowed back. But how wrong I was, this is the complete opposite of the gospel of the treasure and beauty of what God offers us. Because you see, the people being used by God in the most mighty ways are those who know they need his power. It's often through the most broken people that the light of Jesus Christ can shine the most brightly. We've all felt hard-pressed, I'm sure, in different ways over the past years. Some of you might be sat here today feeling very much like the weight of the world is upon you. And last year, to my surprise, I was slightly taken aback by needing to take a bit of time off work. In fact, it was literally a year year ago to this sort of time that it happened. And I was struggling, I think, just off the back of the pandemic and things going on, of just feeling burnt out and feeling really low. I really struggled to talk about it to people because I thought, ah, I should be this like happy, joyful person, but yet it just felt like the world was grey. And I was walking through a season of depression. It honestly felt some days like I was just walking through treacle. It's only after I began speaking to people about it, I realized how common it is. But, you know, it took me the longest time to open that up. I thought I had to have it all together to to look like I had everything going, going really well in order to be a true Christian, but how wrong I was. And I was so grateful for the support I received from friends, from colleagues, from doctors, and to just be given time to rest and recover as stuff was stripped away. And I just want to say, if you're walking through a season like that right now, please don't suffer in silence. Please reach out to someone. But I can honestly say, despite that time of never feeling so fragile and weak, of feeling like I didn't really, all I could kind of manage to do was just get up each day and, and kind of sit or go for a walk, there was this sense of peace that never left me. There was a sense of hope, despite what I was walking through. And I'm so grateful for the daily prayers of close people around me and something I found that I could manage each day I didn't really feel like praying or doing much but actually I hadn't really found strength in the Lord's prayer sometimes I could only manage a few lines but each day praying the Lord's prayer it just helped me be reminded of the truth about who I was and who God was and I can stand here today and testify to that time of rest but also the power of prayer and the healing that came off the back of that season where that heaviness did just lift And I can say that actually off the back of that season, 
There's truths that I knew about God that I know even deeper today because of that valley that I walked through. I knew more joy because of what that valley I experienced. And as Tim Keller said, the church is not a museum for pristine saints, but a hospital ward for broken sinners. In fact, it's the theme of all of Paul's letters, pretty much, that power is made perfect in weakness. He says later on, when I am weak, then I am strong. So it means that we can be hard-pressed on every side. We can feel like there's just so much weight of things that we're walking through, but we're not yet crushed because there is a greater power at work within us, holding us. We can be perplexed. We can not understand the situation. We can be saying, why, God? Why is this going on? But not despair because there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that is found in Christ Jesus because of the victory won by our Lord and Saviour. And this is the place that God really wants us to be in, in order to see this renewal in our brokenness and weakness, to learn to lean on the one who loves us. He puts his treasure in jars of clay, which means that we don't have to pretend like we've got it all together. We don't have to have doubts in the face of our insecurities for God to meet us and use us. He comes to ordinary people to fill us with his extraordinary power, to renew us and transform us from the inside out. So the question is, what then might we do to see more of this renewing power at work in our lives as we face difficulties? How do we actually see this lived out? Well, secondly, the spirit is life over death. The spirit continually brings life over death. As Paul continues on in this passage, um, in verses 10 to 12, he says four times he speaks about the life and death of Jesus being at work in our lives. He says, we also carry around the bo- in, the, in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work within us, but life is at work within you. And being honest, I've read these verses before, and I, I don't know if I've ever quite made sense. What is your like, life and death in our bodies? That doesn't, how does that actually work? But actually, as I've just dug into it more this week and just sat in that, that scripture, I realized this really is the key to renewal, the mystery of how Jesus' life is being revealed through our bodies, through surrender, through daily living out the baptism that we have received, being buried with Christ in order to be raised with him to new life. That's the way that God's power is breaking into our lives in every single different way. Think about the power for a moment in a, a little seed, a tiny seed, the organic life, that is within a seed. As it's planted into, a gr- into the ground, into good soil, its shell has to be broken in order for the life to burst forth. But as the life does begin to grow gradually over time, something far greater than what was in that tiny little seed can begin to be seen. Think about a tiny acorn becoming an oak tree. And Jesus himself was died and buried in order that resurrection life must, would burst forth. He says in John 12, as he was journeying towards the cross, he says, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much seed. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, but anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. This is strong stuff, but actually it's something that I've come back to again and again. In order to experience greater renewal, if we want to desire more of God and see his power at work within us, we must also learn that daily walk of dying to our old selves, of allowing God's life to burst forth from within us, of being like a seed that is planted in the ground, 
allowing him to burst forth. But what does that really look like, lived out in the day-to-day when we're at work, when we're taking the kids to school, when we're just walking through our city? Well, it's about surrendering ourselves daily to God. And every time we say yes to God and no to the things of this world, to the things of the flesh, his life begins to burst forth in even greater ways through us. It means saying yes to trusting God with steps that might not make sense in the world's eyes, decisions about our career path, about where we might go, that actually will lead to greater fruit. It's about saying yes to sacrificially giving to God of our, our time and of our money and not holding anything back. It's about saying yes to loving the stranger, the person in need, those who you might not always find necessarily easy to love, the poor, even when there's no earthly gain or anyone will see what you're doing. It's about saying yes to integrity in the workplace, even when you might know it's going to cost you your reputation and status. It's about saying yes to spending that extra time with God in the morning or when it fits in with your routine, of taking time each day to sit with him, to receive from him afresh, to be in his word, to take time to pray for those who you love, instead of perhaps going to bed later or just finding it easy to start scrolling on our phones. Because as we die, we live. As we lay down our lives out of love for the one who first loved us, we see more of his life bursting forth. About a month ago, a sign came on in my car that said, uh, oil change needed soon. And being a millennial that avoids any life admin, I just ignored it. Um, But then after a few weeks, it eventually said, oil change needed now. So I was like, right, I will sort this out. So I eventually rang up the garage, booked in my car uh, for an oil change. And I went in and honestly couldn't believe how much it cost. I was like, do I really need this? And he was like, yes, you need to get this oil change for your car to run properly. And now, I think God often does speak to me through my car. And after I'd picked it up and driven, um, driven back home, I just found myself being reminded of verses that Jesus speaks about in the New Testament, of the importance of being people that carry oil, carry his presence. And, you know, it can be a costly thing to make ourselves available to all that he has for us, to make time and space to carry that oil. But it is so worth it. And he longs to give more of himself freely to any of us who will receive it. Because when you know and you have known the love of God, the surpassing treasure of his presence in your life, there is really no other way to serve him than to offer up your whole self in return to him. But this isn't something, you know, that we're forced into. This is a beautiful invitation. It's a privilege to answer his call, to respond to his extravagant love towards us, to offer ourselves as clay vessels that might be carriers of his glory and of his treasure in order that he might display that through us to the world around us. Which brings me finally to the way in which the Holy Spirit renews us by glorifying God through us. Verse 15, Paul writes, all of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. A few weeks ago at um, our Pentecost service, the four o'clock service, a second year student uh, at Oxford walked in to the four o'clock service. She'd not been to church her whole time at university. She even said to me she'd probably consider herself one of the last people that would ever come to church. But she woke up after a night out on Sunday, that Sunday morning, and just said she felt a desire to go to church. And she'd heard about St. Aldate's, and she came in. And during the time of worship, she just experienced a sense of coming home 
She was deeply moved by what she experienced, by how she encountered the love of God towards her. Someone gave her a prophetic word from the front that really resonated exactly with where she was at. And she came forward and she offered herself to the Lord. She asked to be filled again with his spirit. And it was beautiful to see what happened. But later in that week, I I had the joy of meeting up with her and just seeing where she was at. And she said that since she went back into the labs that week where she was a science student, people were saying to her, there's something different about you. It's like you're shining. And this is just one of the many stories of the ways in which people are encountering Jesus. But it's not just for themselves. Others see that work, that light of Christ shining within them. Grace moving towards more and more people. And if we trace any of the movements of God throughout history, where even in the midst of decline and the darkest times, where the church has seen renewal and power, the power of God impact the world around us, where revivals have taken place, we can almost always inevitably find a person or a little group of people praying faithfully. They are moved by God, taking him seriously at his word and seeking him in prayer and worship. And the thing about our lives being inwardly renewed is that it has the power to affect what we look like externally. That light, that glory shines forth. Personal renewal can lead to corporate renewal. And the thing is, we don't get to choose how God moves. He is sovereign and he will move how he wants to move, but his plan is for renewal of all things. And when we make ourselves available to be used by him, to partner with him, he uses our unique giftings, our circumstances, our stories to bring glory to him that we might be carriers of his treasure, his all-surpassing power in our jars of clay. And there are so many faithful people that have been praying and praying for this in our church, and I just want to exalt you to keep on praying. My final question as we draw to a close is, what sort of renewal are we going after? Don't waste your life getting weighed down by passing things. Your life and your body, of course, these things deeply matter to God. He came and took on flesh but he knows what we really need. And no matter what stage of life you're at, whether you've been, you're very new to all this, you've just started coming to church, you've been a Christian your whole life, however cracked or broken you may feel, there is an invitation to more, to more of the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an easy path, but it's one that will lead to eternal significance. It's not about getting more overworked or busy for God, it's about more of his power his transforming power in the face of our weakness that has the power to transform the world around us. Can I invite the band up? And we're going to close in a moment now with a time of prayer and time to just wait on the Lord. Can I invite you to stand? And I want to end this this time by praying some verses um, from the end of 2 Corinthians. We read in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4, verse 16. Perhaps you might want to Close your eyes and just open your hearts as a, uh, your hands as a sign you want to receive from God as I read these verses. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person gathered here today. I thank you for every person watching at home. I thank you that 
They are your treasured possession, that you deeply love them. I'm just going to pray, come Holy Spirit. Come with your renewing power.